I'm sure by now you have uh, already got your Christmas shopping. Every Christmas we work hard and diligently try to find just that perfect gift for special someone. Each Christmas season, somehow I am absolutely mesmerized of how they change the commercials to fit Christmas from toothpaste to fishing gear. It's all take on Christmas theme. Each Christmas season, commercial tells us about this gift or that gift that's going to bedazzle that special person in your life. Each Christmas season, many people go out and, and, or on, go online and spend money they don't have. Uh, I read the other day that uh, most people save for a rainy day but the Christmas season is the monsoon season. <laughs> I know many adults rightly watch with anticipation, and the, we're, glee, we're watching the glee and the surprise and the faces of children as they open their presents, and in many case, cases, they are joyful, have anticipation, and that anticipation and joy doesn't eventuate. Uh, it's summarized in this cartoon that I saw many, many years ago about the kid who opened his gift and, and he kept yelling, it's just what I wanted, just what I wanted. And then he thought for a minute and he said, what is it? <laughs> I know my wife and I remember when our kids were little and we've seen that experience that uh, wanting to see everybody's excited, inevitably somebody's disappointed. So be prepared. <laughs> Now, while this should be a truly joyous occasion to celebrate the birth of our Savior, yet for some strange reason, and I've been in the ministry now for so long to see that, and it, it, all family tensions seem to rise around this time, and all the difficult relationships seem to kind of raise their ugly head, and, and, and many a family gathering, you know, kind of instead of bringing joy, it brings pain, and it brings hurt and past, and, and um, all of this goes the wrong way. It's like this young husband who received two sweaters from his mother-in-law. As soon as he found out that she's coming to visit, he rushed upstairs and he put one of those sweaters on. And so, as soon as she comes in the door and she looks at him, she said, what's the matter with you? You don't like the other one? <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the truth. No matter the cost of the gift, no matter the kind of the gift, no matter the value of the gift. Every gift is explainable. Every gift is describable. A salesperson can describe it to you and explain it to you. A manufacturer can explain it to you and, and describes it to you. Somebody is able to explain or describe any gift. Many years ago, those of you who are my generation will remember that. The younger people will not know, but I'll, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of history lesson. Uh, back then, there was a very well-known Welshman, an actor by the name of Richard Burton. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. It gives you away. And Richard Burton, it was the heartthrob back then for all, but anyway, but they don't call them heartthrobs anymore. But he happened to be one of the eight husbands that Elizabeth Taylor, the actress, married. Uh, 
Uh, by the way, I just saw a commercial by Elizabeth Taylor. She's been dead for a while, but still <laughs> doing this commercial about perfume. But back then, the news around the world echoed about the very first expensive gift, Christmas gift has ever been given. Up to that point, it was a million-dollar diamond ring. It was exquisite gift. It was an extravagant gift. But it was not indescribable. As a matter of fact, every newspaper talked about it, described it in details. If you pick a magazine or newspaper, uh, nearly everybody knew about that diamond. They knew the, the weight of the diamond. They knew the color of the diamond. They knew the shape of the diamond. They knew the value of it. I mean, everybody in the world knew it was described. Why? Because every human gift, regardless of what it is, every human gift is describable. <laughs> uh, all human gifts are explainable. All human gifts are fathomable. Uh, for a gift to be indescribable, inexplainable, and unfathomable is, is, is to be more than human. It has to have God in it for it to be indescribable. And that's precisely why the Word of God tells us in eight words, eight words, count them for me. <laughs> and those eight words tells us why the Christmas gift of God to the world, to humanity, is indescribable. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Here are the eight words. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Say it with me. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Eight words. Eight words. It tells us all about the indescribable gift of Christmas that God gave the world. The only indescribable gift that makes a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to be rich, richer than the richest man in the world, uh, to be happier than any earthly potentate, uh, to be fulfilled more than any human being can possibly be fulfilled. See, when God's Word speaks about this indescribable gift, uh, it is not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's not play on words. It's not hyperbole. Uh, the Bible tells us something that is patently true. For who can describe the gift of salvation? Can you? I can't. Uh, because only Jesus could give us that gift of salvation. Uh, not even the great apostles, even the great apostle Paul, who was overwhelmed by that gift when he received it on the road to Damascus, and for the rest of his life, he couldn't describe it. And that's why he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In fact, through the years, if you look at history, you see that so many people tried. The painters Many wonderful, gifted painters have tried to express this gift of, of Christmas uh, using their craft, but they couldn't do justice to the indescribable gift. Musicians have tried to describe God's coming to earth, but they couldn't do justice to this indescribable gift. What, 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 who could not be awe-inspired by Handel's Messiah? I mean, every time you hear the hallelujah chorus, literally, uh, you, 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 your skin just, it, it's the most moving thing. Bach's Christmas, 
Auditorio. My goodness. But magnificent as these compositions are, uh, they could not do justice to the indescribable gift of Christmas. Uh, nor could even the angelic choir at Bethlehem's field, shepherd's field. If you've ever been to Israel, you, you see it's, it's, it's right down there the valley from where the birth of Jesus took place. They couldn't. Even the angelic chorus in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 13, where they constantly are saying, according to John the Revelator, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise, honor, glory, power forever and ever. Even they could not describe the indescribable gift of Christmas. Many poets have attempted to describe the indescribable gift, but they failed. John Milton wrote, he said, Welcome all the wonders in one sight, eternity shot in a span, summer and winter, day and night, heaven and earth, God and man, blessed little one whose all-embracing birth lifts earth to heaven, scoops heaven to earth. In few words, he summarized the whole gospel. The entire gospel is summarized in this short poem. And yet he too failed to describe the indescribable gift of Christmas. Why did the Bible declare that the gift of Christmas is indescribable? I want to give you three reasons. First of all, because of the nature of the gift. Because of the nature of the gift itself. Secondly, because of the grace by which this gift is given. And thirdly, because of the results that the gift has produced. And I'm going to look at these very quickly. God's indescribable gift of Christmas. It's so unique in nature. Nothing like it. Nothing even come close. To be able to describe the gift of Christmas that God gave humanity, you must be able to describe how the only perfect God, man, sinless, dies for sinners. Yeah, if you can explain that, you can explain the indescribable gift. Even His name, Jesus, He shall save, or He saves. Emmanuel, He's with us. To be able to describe God's gift, you must be able to describe how God is self-existent that He has no beginning and He has no end. Uh, He is beyond human discovery. We may discover one of the trillions of planets that He has created, but we cannot discover Him. To be able to describe God's indescribable gift, you have to be able to describe what it means for God to be self-sufficient. He needs no one. Uh, To be infinite to be eternal, uh, to be unchangeable, to be able to describe God's gift of Christmas to humanity, uh, you have to be able to explain the Trinity. Can you? I can't. (laughs) Many have tried in the first 300, and if you read church history, in the first 350 years of Christianity, many people have tried, and my goodness, they failed miserably. They only led to heresies. How can Jesus be fully man and fully God all at the same time? How can that be? 
our Muslim friends to this day are baffled. How can you say God died? Who ran the universe when He was dead? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they just cannot comprehend this. For centuries, these questions have plagued the human mind. For centuries, these questions puzzled uh, the, the, the best of mental agility. Uh, and finally, when man has failed to comprehend the enormity of God and the enormity of the gift of Christmas, uh, when man could not uh, bring God into a science lab, or when man could not simply fit the infinite in the finite, many of them just decided to reject Him altogether. Beloved, the nature of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ is beyond human comprehension. That's why He has to give us faith to believe. That's why the Apostle Paul said, it is by faith, not through your works. And therefore, it is beyond the power to describe. I always love the blind man in John chapter 9. These uh, false teachers and theologians and the Pharisees, they were just trying to have a theological debate. They tried to confuse him, or who, what, where, who. The, and he said, look, don't, 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 don't just argue with the evidence. <laughs> don't argue with the evidence. All I know is, I was blind, but now I see. In the end, that's the only witness we have. Secondly, God's gift of Christmas is indescribable because of the grace by which it's given. Now, here's the truth. Most noble among us, most noble among us, <laughs> give gifts because we are recipients of their gift. Most noble among us. We give gifts to someone because they have claim on us, or we give gifts uh, to family members, or we give gifts to friends and, and dear ones, and we give gifts to people who have somehow helped us in some way. We, we give gifts to people who gave us something, right? Even the noblest among us. Even when we give gifts to the poor and the needy, whom we know they can never repay us and they can never do anything in return, even so, we are doing this because they are our fellow human beings. Are you with me? But God is not a member of the human race, <laughs> In fact, the human race by nature is rebellion against God. The human race by nature is at enmity with God. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that while we were yet at enmity with God, Christ died for us. Someone said the great gift of Christ is granting not to, his, to God's friends, but to God's enemies. So, my beloved, God's grace is given to people who are undeserving and unworthy of the gift. And let me hasten to say that I am on the top of that list of the unworthy and undeserving. In fact, if you listen to me long enough, you know, one of two things that make me literally lose it as I'm preaching and I, I, I get so emotional, one of them is the grace of God. I'm overwhelmed by the grace of God. So if we could earn it, it can never be called grace. If we deserve it, it could never be called grace. And on that first Christmas, 
when God gave His indescribable gift, it was not because we did anything to deserve it, and not because we could, have, we could do anything to earn it, even in hundred lifetimes. And that is why the Bible said, Christ Jesus came into the world to build edifices like this. We're so thankful for it. Is that what he says? No. Did he, Christ Jesus came into the world to give his followers earthly power to rule? No. Christ Jesus came into the world so that he might build big institutions and large denominations? No. Not to establish some sort of welfare program? No. And certainly not to create a big bureaucracies? No. No, in a million no's. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the, to save sinners. As long as you do not see yourself as a sinner and in desperate need of the Savior, you will remain in your sin. And you will not recognize or appreciate the grace of God. And that's precisely what the angels said on that first Christmas, to save sinners, to save sinners, to save sinners. Can you say it with me? Let's say it with enthusiasm. God bless you. To save people who come to the end of themselves. To save people who realize that they cannot save themselves. To save people who don't see themselves as good enough for God. Uh, To save people who realize that all of their charitable work will never save them. To save people who realize that God demands perfection and we cannot do it. And therefore, we could never be accepted in heaven. But they can come on the basis of the perfection of Jesus. That's grace. No wonder the Apostle Paul, the recipient of this amazing grace, could say, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. As an old translation said, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. We don't use the word unspeakable anymore. His grace is beyond human speech and the ability to describe. So not only the nature of the gift makes it indescribable, not only did grace by which the gift is given makes it indescribable, but thirdly, the gift is indescribable because of the results it produces. In fact, tonight I'll be preaching on the transforming power of the Christ of Christmas. I hope you bring unsaved friend with you, because this is going to be a message Hopefully, we'll clarify the gospel to somebody who's seeking, somebody who's looking. The gift is indescribable because of the results that it produced. Oh, what results? What results? You have to be over in the, with the volunteers leading the way who are constantly receiving hundreds and some thousands of letters and news from around the world of desperate sinners coming to Christ. The results speak for themselves. Every genuine believer in the Lord Jesus Christ 
would tell you that these produced results are indescribable and incomprehensible. Well, how can you measure forgiveness of all of our sins? How can you describe that? I can't. I've been walking with the Lord since 1964. I've never been. I've studied the Scripture. I've read the Bible every year for so many years. I'm speechless when it comes to trying to describe this indescribable gift. And as I told you, I get so overwhelmed every time I just think of the fact that a sinner like me can be forgiven. Sin past, sin present, and sin future. All have been forgiven only through the shed blood of Christ on the cross. All sins are forgiven. I'm overwhelmed. I become speechless. Because like all humanity, I was born with my back to God. I was born to say no to God. Yet God loved me, even when I said no to Him. That's because of God's indescribable gift of Christmas. Listen, His forgiveness of our sins means the total removal of sin. Don't you ever forget that? Because there are some people think you have to constantly make a decision to, to, to be born again every Sunday. <laughs> and they give an altar call every Sunday. Every Sunday you're getting converted. No, 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 no. When you come to Jesus Christ, He looks at you through the prism of Jesus Christ. And when the Father looks at you, His eyes are turned away from you and your sin and focused on Jesus, His obedient Son. That's why our sins are forgiven. As far as God is concerned, He has removed all of those sins. They have gone. Uh, God's Word said that He throws our sins into the deepest of the deepest of the sea. No diver can go down there. The Bible said He remembers Him no more. It doesn't mean that He gets a case of amnesia. But when the Bible talks about God not remembering our sins, meaning He'll never hold them against us. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing gift. What an amazing gift. That as far as the east from the west is as far as God removed our transgressions from us. That's enough to make you shout. Amen. Well, (laughs) we still have frozen Presbyterians here. (laughs) Where's Zach (laughs) when you need him? God's Word said, I have swept away all offenses like a cloud, and your sins like the morning mist. Only the person who acknowledges that he or she is a sinner, and that only the blood of Christ on that cross can and will forgive all sins, only then can you really know that you're redeemed? Only that person can be the recipient of the indescribable gift. Not only that all our sins are forgiven because of this indescribable gift, but secondly, we are also justified before the bar of heavenly justice. We are justified, we are pronounced guiltless 
A friend of mine was saying to me the other day, he said, you know, the one thing the devil and I agree on is that I'm a sinner. And how true. So when he comes to remind you of your sin, remind him that you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God when you come to Him, not only He forgives all my sins, but He justifies me. He gave me a new standing before the Father. Before God's indescribable gift of Christmas, we stood in our filthy rags of self-righteousness, of shame and guilt and pain, and the painful thought of thinking that maybe a little bit of goodness is going to make us okay. All of that made change when the indescribable gift comes to you. It removed the filth of guilt and shame, and we are closed by the designer clothes of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Only Jesus can do that. You know, last week I talked about Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus, one time, gave a friend of his an enormous gift. And the friend looked at that gift, and he looked at Caesar, and he said, I cannot possibly accept this, this gift. It's just too much for me to receive. And Caesar looked at him, and he said, yes, perhaps but it's not too much for me to give. Beloved, whatever the gift was, I don't know, it pales in approximation to the indescribable gift of the King of all kings that gives to everyone who would come to Him and receive Him as Savior and Lord. The result of this unspeakable or indescribable gift is not only a total forgiveness of our sin and guilt. It's not only it completely justifies us before the bar of justice of heaven. But thirdly, it gives us a complete adoption. Complete adoption. I'm always amazed through the years here in this place where I've watched many parents went and adopted children, and they have their own natural children, and I've watched with awe. They don't make a distinction. They love them equally. And we are adopted Before we receive this indescribable Christmas gift, we were separated from God. We were excluded from the citizenship of heaven. We were foreigners and from the covenant promise without hope and without help. But after receiving that indescribable gift, we received all of the privileges of being sons and daughters because of God's extreme generosity we are assured of our inheritance, of Jesus' inheritance. Now, beloved friends, I'm coming close to the end. And you heard me say this, and I will say it because you might hear it from me once <laughs> every blue moon, but you're hearing it every single day on television, through the movie industry, and through secular media. One of the greatest, greatest hoax that Satan has succeeded in modern time since the Garden of Eden when he went to Eve and said, did God really say? 
one of the greatest hoax, one of the greatest lies that has been perpetrated upon our culture and our society is that everyone, when they die, they go to heaven. I have a pagan friend of mine. He calls himself that. I'm not calling him that. He was talking about somebody else, and this, this person, another friend, and he's going to be in the Middle East, and the other person, th- that other friend also calls, describes himself as pagan. And they like to do that around me for some strange reason. <laughs> and he said, well, I said to him, yeah, well, if anything happens when you travel, at least you have you, you go to heaven together. I looked at him, he said, do you think he's going to heaven? Well, yeah, everybody goes to heaven. I said, you're not. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> you tell that to a person. I mean, <laughs> you get the equilibrium kind of all, <laughs> all unbalanced. I said, heaven is all about Jesus. As long as you reject Jesus, you're not going to go to heaven. I know I'm blunt. I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't apologize for being blunt. I just... After all, they say that we all have some hidden goodness in us, that we all have the spark of divinity in us. That's not what God said. That's not what God said. God's Word tells us that this is a deception of the highest order. This is falsehood of the highest degree. This is Satan's most successful lie. Because only those who have received the indescribable gift of Christmas will inherit heaven with Jesus. Because heaven belongs to Jesus. And only those who belong to Jesus are going to be in heaven with him. Only those who have received this indescribable gift of salvation through Jesus alone can shout with the Apostle Paul. Say it together. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's do it again. Have you received that gift? Whether you're here or you're watching around the world, this gift can be given to you. And when you receive it, you'll receive all of the peace of mind that you've been searching for. But I want to take a moment. I knew the faithfuls are going to be here for this service, and that's why this is a different message from the one tonight. <laughs> I want to speak to those who have received the gift. And as I look at you, I know most of you, You have received this indescribable gift. You have received this unspeakable gift. The question to you is this. When was the last time did you tangibly express your thankfulness to God for His unspeakable gift? Ask yourself that question. How often do you verbally and publicly and tangibly thank God for this indescribable gift? I'm never cease to amaze, and you read the Christmas story again and again, all the characters in that Christmas story, when they heard about the birth of Jesus, this indescribable gift, they expressed their gratitude openly, publicly, and tangibly. Amazing. The shepherds went through a great deal of trouble. They, they took risks to come in person and worship Jesus. Oh, they fought fear of opposition. The astronomers or scientists from that the, the, the ones began this whole science of astronomy. When they came, we call them the Magi's, when they traveled long distance, very arduous 
a trip and very dangerous trip because it's filled with robbers and in the highways and, and, and they took this enormous risk and they brought a tangible expression of gift for the indescribable gift. These wise men have seen the star in the east and came to worship and give thanks. Simeon, the old man who has been waiting for so long for the hope of Israel, as soon as he held the baby Jesus in his hand, he gave praise publicly, openly, and tangibly, and he was ready to rest in peace. Anna thanked God openly for God's redemption. The only adequate response to this indescribable gift is a public and tangible offering thanks to God. Are you ready to do that? Well, let's pray together. Father, forgive us. Forgive me when I take that gift for granted, when I don't offer tangible, public, open, fearless thanksgiving for the indescribable gift. Father, I pray, here in this place, in all those thousands of people who may be watching live around the world, I pray that this will be a time, not for a period of time, not just during this season, but forever and for the rest of life, decide here and now to offer the indescribable, to the indescribable gift thanksgiving publicly, openly, and tangibly. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand and bless the Lord together in song.